0: feel you as I work my old potter's wheel. Oh, I feel you beside me, guiding my hands and my fingers. I feel your presence. Oh, Sheila feels you. I make you a vase. And then, <laughs> you'll call it a vase. And then we laugh. You say vase, I say vase. And then you put it in, uh, I, I'm going to make you a, a coffee cup It says, world's best dad. And then you'll say, I'm not a dad. I'll say, well, well, not yet, baby. And then I'll laugh and I'll laugh. And you'll say, seriously, I'm not a dad. And I'll say, okay. Now I'm going to take out a big old Sharpie. I'm going to change dad to Dan. And I say, look, now it's his world's best Dan. Oh, we laugh and laugh. Oh, oh, oh. Dan, I feel, you. I feel you. Dan, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna work this wheel. I'm gonna work it. And I'm gonna make you a statue of China from the WWE. She's your favorite. Wrestling Ted Knight from Caddyshack. He's your favorite over a stack of cardamom pancakes. They're your favorite, I think, and I'll sign it, Sheila, and last of all, I'm gonna get all up in my muddy old sloppy potter's wheel. I should clean
1: this thing one of these days and I'm going to make you Episode 8 of Opening Weekend the podcast that travels back in time to revisit opening weekends of the past and revel in that other great American pastime going to the movies with our friends
2: Coming soon This summer At theaters everywhere Opening
1: Weekend I'm Jason O'Connell, and I am once again joined by my dear friends Fred Berman and Dan Matissa. Today, we travel back to 1990. It was a middling summer at the box office. Die Hard 2, Total Recall, and Dick Tracy were all performing well, but big star vehicles like Days of Thunder and Bird on a Wire and big budget sequels like Robocop 2 and Gremlins 2 The New Batch were not the hits Hollywood had hoped for. The summer's unexpected savior arrived on July 13th, however, with the release of Ghost, starring Patrick Swayze and Demi Moore. Also on hand was the comedy Quick Change, which is still notable to this day as its star Bill Murray's sole directing credit. I had just wrapped up my first year studying theater at Hofstra University and was hitting the multiplex near my family's home with alarming regularity that summer. But Fred and Dan, where were you guys in July of 1990?
3: I was just about to start college. I was getting ready to to meet you at Hofstra, I believe. That's right. I graduated high school. I was hanging out in the summer with my girlfriend Nina. Ooh, yeah, living the life, getting ready. We then she broke up with me. When did she but, break uh, up with
1: you? Did I? When I went to did college. I meet oh, before yeah, you no. started. Yeah, oh.
3: yeah. I was like, no, it's cool. No, it's good. I'm going to college because, and she was she was younger than me, so oh. I was like, yeah, no, I get you know. I'm gonna meet lots of girls in college, and of course I got to college. I was like, "Oh, fucking Nina, why Yeah, and then she said, "Ah, oh, yeah, it was a mess, but um, but it was good. But I grew, I grew from it. Um, That's right. Yeah, but I got over it. You know, eventually.
2: the only thing I can think of this is, yeah, clearly, you got if you're listening, right to Nina, I'm there. here. I know. No, I'm kidding. Not Nina's about. your Sheila.
1: He's gonna uh, bake you some cardamom pancakes. No, you know? I
2: don't know. I'm, I'm. I love that Sheila bakes her pancakes. I know. Who bakes them. I. That's going the extra not, mile. Sheila know. does. Maybe
1: she'll write about it. Maybe she'll explain maybe she'll send a recipe this week. Maybe Who she knows? will. We'll see. We'll have oh, to see. I can't wait for um, that mailbag.
2: What about you, Jason? Where were you at this time?
1: I was I that was my first uh finished my first year at Hofstra and I was back uh, I was back home. And were you uh, already
2: a star there? On,
1: no. What had I done there? I had been in uh, Othello. Um Which uh, directed by Dr. Richard Mason, dear Dr. Richard Mason. Um, Very beloved professor uh, of ours. So that was my first, yeah, my first Shakespeare ever. And I remember being horrified about that. I had no, I had like, I'm sure I've told you guys this story. I talk about it in one of my solo shows. I have this whole story about how I, I just went to that school and people told me, oh, well, you're gonna do a lot of Shakespeare. I was like, I have no interest in Shakespeare. I don't wanna oh, do any Shakespeare. And they're wow. like, well, that's that's tricky because they do a big Shakespeare <laughs> every year. That's like one quarter of the acting opportunities at that university. I was yes. like, "Yeah, well, I'm sure I'll do other things. I'll do other things. So sure enough, so they, they put up that list at the call board, you know, to audition for the Shakespeare Festival. And then they're like, prepare a Shakespeare monologue of your choice. I'm like, prepare my choice. I don't know. I don't know any Shakespeare. I'm not interested. I don't want to do this. And I'm certainly not memorizing anything. So I went to the Axon Library and I found I was like, what did I heard of? Hamlet. That's basically all I'd heard of. I found they had like 100 copies of Hamlet. I pull a copy of Hamlet off the shelf. I find I'm like I only know one thing I'm lo- it's like I'm looking through Greek I'm lo- I'm looking through Mandarin Chinese looking for the words to be or not to be because I've heard of that phrase I find it I'm like great and I ripped the page out of the book
2: <gasps> oh. ripped
1: it right because I was like I'm not paying for a photocopy of this I ripped to beer I ripped the most famous wow. page. Out of the damn book. I rendered it impotent. So I, I pulled the. Page. <laughs> this was like this is
3: like a Mark Wahlberg movie from the 90s. It, wasn't this in like Renaissance Man or something?
1: I, if, it, if it was, then he stole it from me. So to like, no teach, I just
3: ripped it out. I'm just gonna do it.
1: Uh, that's literally you were what a I bad did. Kid. I ripped I, it out you were a bad I folded it up, seed. I took it in my pocket, I was like, I a have bad no. Idea. Seed. A I, was mad. I was mad that I had to do it. And then I went <laughs> to the audition and I took it out of my pocket and I read it. And then Dr. Mason was like He's in the back of the auditorium there. He's like, (laughs) he laughed. I finished reading it. He laughed. And he was like, do it again. And I was like, all right. And he was like, now walk over there. Now what, what he realized is he had a trained monkey because I had no interest in it and I had no opinion about it. So
2: he could do whatever he, could he do wanted whatever. to you. He could torturing. be like, yell,
1: yell this word, whisper this word, whatever. Walk over here, put your arms out, like shake your ass, whatever he told me to do. I did. He and was like, like that's my kind of actor. Yeah. He was like, he was like, I need to hear your voice must come out of your fingertips and your toes and the top of your head. And I laughed. I was like, okay. <laughs> and so, and so I did it like, whoa, whoa, and he laughed again. And then, and I'm leaving and somebody else is coming in to audition. And he was like, Jason, and tell, now tell him what I told you. And I was like, oh yeah, he wants you to do it. With coming out of your fingers and your toes <laughs> and the top of your head. I was like. Making fun of it. And he's like, oh, 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 oh. Like, that was the one wow. and only time that I was not afraid of Dr. Mason. Because I wasn't smart enough to be afraid of him yet. And then he cast me. Mm-hmm. And then I lived in mortal fear of him for the rest of the time I knew him.
2: I think I mentioned in a previous podcast, Movie City. Did I mention that in a previous podcast? Yeah. You said yeah. you worked
1: at a movie theater. Yeah.
2: This was when I was working at the movie theater. And so I was still in high school. This is 90, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely, because um, here's why. Quick Change played at the movie theater that I worked at. Get out. Movie City 6, which was the Mm -hmm. new movie city where everybody wanted to work. Movie City 5 over in Woodbridge was like the one that still had like, well, it had like the brown and that like 70s brown and orange and yellow. This was like, this looked like Miami Vice. It was pink and blue and (laughs) neon and it was straight out of the 80s, even though it was the 90s. Um, and so, and they had these TV monitors in the lobby showing trailers, which mm-hmm. was a new thing. That's so mean. we all got jobs there. And my friend Nick and I got jobs there. All those movies you mentioned in the, in your, in your intro, mm-hmm. I saw them at movie city at my job totally recall, awesome. and all of those. Um, and my favorite memory from movie city, I worked there with my friend, Nick, he was an usher. I started as an usher, but then I sort of worked my way up and I was in the box office and, uh, and he's like, you gotta go, you gotta go over to the bathroom. I was like, I'm in the, bo- I'm the box office guy tonight. No one else knows how to do the computer. You can't, he's like, I'll, I'll cover you. I was like, you don't know how to work it. He's like, you have to go into the men's room right now. you oh, told man. me this story. And oh, I no. went, all right, all right. If anybody comes, just tell them to hang tight. I'll be right back. What am I looking for? He, said, he goes, you'll know. Oh no. And so I go to the men's room. You'll know it when you see it. There. The Exactly. You'll know it when you smell it. Because as soon as I oh, opened the door, God. the smell hit me. I opened the first stall. It defied reality. It defied (laughs) human biology because the only way to explain what I was looking at was if someone had been able to like, did you ever see anyone spray paint a house? Yes. (laughs) This was as if someone like spray painted poop from their butt all over every wall of the stall, including the entire back wall. It was everywhere it makes sense. Oddly enough,
3: that's that's the design of our house outside. (laughs) When we bought our house, we got the poop spray. It's I I think it's great. I think it's the color is nice. I'll give it that.
2: It's a nice color. No, but it it keeps the animals away. Well what what smell the the unless someone like put it in a jar or a bucket and start just splashing it all over, it made no sense. I was like, how did a human how did this happen to a human? You know? And so I went back, and he and Nick was like, "Right, huh?" And they tried to make the ushers clean it up at the end of the night. They like they shut the door and put like a "Do Not Enter" thing on mm-hmm. there of, out of war. And the ushers basically like staged their own like mini strike. They were you just, like, "We'll all like, quit if you make us do this." You're like, like Norma Ray. It. Yeah, it was like a Norma Rae <laughs> union moment among the the sixteen or seventeen year old ushers. What
3: movie was playing? Did someone just have a bad reaction to? <laughs> To a particular movie,
2: maybe was was Baby's Day Out playing? It may been no, Bird it's, it's on a Wire because we definitely showed that piece of shit movie.
1: Bird there. on a Wire, oh, that's yeah, that's what um, that's what'll happen. It you may show enough Goldie Hawn and Gibson. Bird on a
2: Wire, oh, hello, thank you very much. There's my Gene Shalit for you. Ding ya. ding ding. Well, that was my <laughs> that was my uh, summer, but I also have a lovely memory of Ghost, which I'll share when we get there.
1: Oh, fantastic! Well, shall we shall we dive in? Let's start with. Quick change.
4: Let's make a commitment. Let's not be like every other couple on the IRT. Will you rob a bank with me? I will, Grim. I will. Bill Murray. Can we just calm down a little, please? Gina Davis. Oh, we'll never make the flight. We'll have to sail a raft to Fiji like Thor hired all. Please God. Randy Quaid. We need a
0: cab. One lucky freaking cab.
4: Jason Robards. So easy getting in. No way out. In a major oh. metropolitan comedy, Quick Change. Was that our plane? No, no. If it were our plane, it'd be crashing.
2: God, I hate this town.
1: Grimm, a burnt-out New Yorker played by Bill Murray, has devised an ingenious plan to escape the city he hates so much. Dressed as a clown, he robs a Manhattan bank and cleverly escapes, disguised as a hostage, along with his accomplices, girlfriend Phyllis, played by Gina Davis, and best friend Loomis, played by Randy Quaid. However, while robbing the bank was comparatively straightforward, the getaway quickly turns into a nightmare, as the relatively simple act of getting to JFK to catch a flight becomes a tangled ordeal of obstructions, including conmen, mobsters, confused road workers, bureaucratic bus drivers, and a cabbie who doesn't speak a word of English. And all the while, the equally world-weary but relentless chief of police Rotzinger, played by Jason Robards, is doggedly on their tail. Quick Change holds a special place in its star Bill Murray's heart. After a few years out of the public eye and slightly less comfortable turns in Scrooged and Ghostbusters 2, the shift towards the Murray we know today, the Murray of Groundhog Day, Rushmore, and Lost in Translation, arguably begins here. Murray's co-director, Howard Franklin, has said that the set was a harmonious one and that on the eve of the movie's opening, Murray described quick change as the best professional experience of his life. The two men would later collaborate on Larger Than Life and The Man Who Knew Too Little. But Quick Change was, to this day, the only project that has seen Murray step behind the camera. A critical success but a commercial letdown, Quick Change made $4.7 million on its opening weekend with a total haul of only $15.2 million. Fred and Dan, what did you guys think of Quick Change?
3: I wanted to like it more than I did. I don't think I saw it when it first came out. I probably saw it shortly afterwards. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting that you say that because I, I about the sort of that, that, that shift in the Bill Murray persona. Cause I, I felt that in rewatching it, mm-hmm. you know, because you have those different stages of Bill Murray, you know, and the, the, the Saturday Night Live, Goofy, Bill Murray of, mm-hmm. you know, Meatballs and Caddyshack. Caddyshack, yep. Yeah, and then there was just sort of like, the, then you got the Ghostbusters era, that whole. Thing. Ghostbusters and, then, and
1: Stripes, the kind of yeah, uh, the, the man exactly. on a kind of a con thing. Like yeah, what Dan was totally. was about when we were.
3: And I there. noticed that with this, when I was watching it again, I'm like, oh, here's the, sh- I saw that shift where it was going towards that more restrained more introspective
2: more melancholy guy
3: melancholy it's yeah a- there was there was a deep sadness there and I really enjoyed him in it, um,
1: mm-hmm. like from the you first know, yeah. shot, right? Like him in clown makeup with like kind of this placid look or, or yeah. really almost almost a frown on his face, like the yeah. you know the, the, the smile painted on, like yep. you know I'm uh, which
3: which I loved, and I loved that for other reasons too, because I mean what the things that I liked about the movie was it was it was such a New York movie, yeah. And I feel I like it, it was. Um, Obviously, I, I think it's a, a, an easy thing to say that it's there's a dog day afternoon quality oh, to sure. it. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, um, bank robbery gone wrong, mm-hmm. and just this hapless guy who's just trying to do something not right. Robbing a bank isn't right, but, <laughs> you know, he's got this simple idea of getting away from it all, you know, and being happy with his, with his loved ones and it all falls to shit. Um, mm-hmm. So there was that, but I love that that shot in the beginning, just seeing the one train and him, it was a very realistic New York shot. It wasn't like silly New York. This is crazy. It was, if you're from New York and you've been on a rush hour train, oh yeah you you could relate to that. You've seen the schmuck in the clown costume or something <laughs> trying to get out and everyone just rushing in. And right from that shot, there was something very comforting about it being a New Yorker and saying, Oh, okay, oh, yeah. this is, can they get too, it right? Yeah.
1: For a movie you know, that th- keeps saying how bad New York is and how, what like saying, oh, this fucking place and <laughs> I can't wait to get out of here. It's like a, it feels like a love letter to New York too. And I think I Absolutely. read that somewhere. It says like only somebody, even though it's kind of a, a middle finger to New York in some yes. ways, it's also the type of movie that only somebody who loves New York could have, you know, could have made yeah. in its way. Yeah, and I know? like
3: that. There was so much in the outer boroughs. Mm-hmm. You know, they, it was just everything about it. Like the hot dog vendors rushing to the scene. There was- Yeah, they got the flavor (laughs) of New York and it didn't, again, it didn't seem like a kitschy movie, New York. Like it didn't, you know, it was filmed in New York. It wasn't filmed somewhere else. And the exteriors were filmed in New York city. So that was nice. Um, I guess it's also, I wanted more of that. I didn't understand why he hated it so much. I wanted to, I wanted to get a little more background on his character Mm -hmm. and why he wanted to get out so badly. I got that he was, that he was been stepped
2: on and downtrodden. There are a couple lines about him having been a city planner.
4: Oh yeah, you know? yeah. Okay. And I,
2: and I guess that that's sort of what we're, we're led to believe maybe fed his frustration about mm-hmm. the city because here's the, you know, we, we all lived in New York for a long time. You guys still live there. Um You're just outside of New York, Fred, but, but the, the, you know, the thing you always hear is greatest city in the world. Greatest city Mm -hmm. in the world and to be a city planner in the greatest city in the world when there is so much (laughs) that is not great about it, about the way it is, has been planned, (laughs) the way it continues to be planned and what gets built and what and what's still ancient like the subway and what's, you know, still doesn't work and the traffic and the overpopulation, you know, to be a city planner in a city that defies any attempt to plan it. That's has really gotta funny. be sort of the 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 main thing that's driving him. That's great. I, guess, I didn't I just, even I,
1: know what he did before. I, I didn't even catch those lines. I remember thinking well what unless is I his...
2: misheard it. Unless I no, misheard it. No, you right, I you might there, be there, right, there,
1: but I, I just, just didn't know what his background in. was
3: I guess I just I wanted I wanted to see more of that a, a, a sure, little bit. Yeah. You know I just what what motivated him to do this to rob that bank, you know, and then Gina Davis has lines throughout saying like, who are you? You're turning into this world-class robber. You want to see a
2: little bit of what life was like for him before. Yeah. So that you see the turn. Yeah, I got. I, I guess,
3: or even just to hear it, have that, maybe you don't need to see it, but just have it dropped in a bit, you know. Yeah, like, give me a
2: speech about it or something. Yeah,
3: you- or, sorry, I don't know, like with Dog Day Afternoon, you know, it's set up, it starts, and then you find out halfway through the reason he's doing this yes. is to get the money for his lover's sex change. Right. So even if it doesn't have to be that grand, but just something of like, Jesus Christ, I got to get the fuck out of here. Like, is this it? You know, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm not a screenwriter, but, um, but that was what? my feeling. I, I enjoyed it. I just, I wanted to like it. I wanted to like it
1: more. Yeah. Well, it's based on, apparently it's based on a novel. And I think in the original novel, so the character cracks. is kind of a career criminal and so they yes kind of, i read that they um, uh, uh they kind of uh, altered it somewhat to make it that it was like this isn't like you know a, a common occurrence for that like this is like yeah. a, a one big event that's supposed to help shape the rest of their life but they're not you know none of them are criminals uh outside of this experience um at least that was the impression i got i don't think that they're I didn't get the sense that they'd ever robbed anything before or. Uh, no, it was no. They, she's got a lot of lines about, about right? just, mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. She's got a lot of lines about you. You're, you're really good at this. Who am I going to be in the life of this new found, <laughs> right. you found yeah. your passion mm-hmm. is almost like what she's saying to him. You found <laughs> the thing, yeah. and how do I fit into that? You know? Um, I, yeah. think, I think, I
3: think I, I wonder, I thought about that cause I, I read that too, Jason. And I thought, I wonder if it would have worked better if there was a sense that they were sort of career criminals, that they had done this before because they seemed there was a confidence they had. They seemed the very bank. adept. They yeah. ex- well, yes. Well, here's
0: very the thing, right?
2: so.
1: it, it, the, the thrust of the movie isn't the bank robbery. The bank robbery no. goes off very well. very. Yeah. I mean, without a hitch. I mean, right. it goes off. Perfectly. It's the opposite of Dog Day Afternoon in that yeah. sense. The whole movie's about the getaway, the failed getaway. And it and and if if Randy Quaid doesn't lean on that horn while he's still on the payphone with Jason mm-hmm. Robards, the whole the rest of the movie doesn't happen. They're on a plane, they're scot-free, everything yeah. else. So again, it's it's again, it's it's art imitating life. Randy Quaid ruins everything. <laughs> um <laughs> But uh, oh, I got but, it about int- that. but it is interesting that it, it is more about the getaway than anything else. So yeah. yeah, so and it's
3: really and it's also about in going back to New York. I mean, New York is a character in the sense that
2: yeah. It's, it's a really a huge
3: New York that ruins the getaway. Right. It's everything, you know. That, I mean, that's what <laughs> yes, it is. I mean, ultimately,
1: ultimately. I, mean, yes. I mean,
3: how many times you've been like, "Oh God, I got to, get, I got to get to JFK. I got to get to. I got to get to." La yeah, Martian. you to six right. hours earlier. Yeah, I yeah. feel like that was the whole movie about. Like in retrospect, like holy shit, just how do you, how do you get from fucking Manhattan to the airport? It's impossible. And yep. then you add on this added stress of. And we just robbed a bank, so we have to get there. Well, now I it's think starting there's,
2: to dawn on me that, you know, the 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 bank is a contained environment. And, and that went off without a hitch because it could be planned down to the nth degree. Right, he's right, a right. planner, right? He's a planner. Oh. And so the thing that is unplanned is whatever happens post-bank robbery. Yeah. And so that's where it's curveball after curveball after curveball, personality after personality, thing after thing that is, you know, the character of New York, as we said, so, you know, throwing the the unpredictable, the, un- yeah. the all the stuff you can't plan for, um, throwing it in his face, and it, and and you know until the you know I'm not going to give away the ending, but it 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 thwarts them at every single turn, and their own personalities thwart them, right? Especially when Randy Quaid's kind, especially yeah. Randy Quaid. It,
1: it, the ending was a bit of a
2: letdown yeah. for me, actually. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. It, it was just very.
3: I don't know. It, it it left me cold. It was. It just. I'm like, oh, that's it.
2: They're done. It was a little abrupt, I guess. Yeah, yeah I guess so. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. There was a little bit of a Deus Ex Machina at the end there, too. Oh, the, I thought the, it was Kirk uh, Kirk um, Kurtwood Smith. Kurtwood is that Smith's Yeah, uh, yeah character As the, uh, comes
1: uh, in. the guy who turns out to be the mobster that oh, they allude God. to earlier. I actually think it's very well constructed, very that well was spotted, cool very well switch. scripted. Yeah, there's a lot but I, I really thought I I thought it worked really well. And I do and when you say the thing about like, well, what is it that set him off? I like the fact that everyone in the movie is weary of New York. There's nobody who, you know, at one point I thought that the Gina Davis character was going to, when she had her kind of change a heart about trying to kind of escape with him, mm. that there was going to be an element of like, I love this place and I want to stay here. But there was it wasn't that it was her personal circumstances and her, uh, spoiler alert, we learn in the film that she's pregnant and, <sighs> uh, And that that's, you know, something she's concerned about raising a child with him and what their future will be. But everybody is down on New York in this movie, even though I think it's great because it is. I think it's so funny that it's a love letter to New York that's comprised of all these examples of how New York is a a pain in the ass to 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 live in, to to move through, to navigate, um, you know, and. and I think and everybody seems to feel that way. The the cops, the robbers, everyone in between is like, God, I hate this fucking town. Everybody's got <laughs> an issue with it. So it's kind of so it's almost like the thesis of the movie is New York is a place to escape from if you can. <laughs> <laughs> and so That's that you right. start you start off. The default <laughs> is everybody wants out in some way <laughs> on, some, on some level.
4: Let's just walk through this, OK? Does that sign say BQE? Yeah. OK, so which way was the arrow pointing? That was an hour ago, and that witch ain't stopped screaming the whole time. Yeah, she even had her baby screaming at us. All right, let me try this. Will you be putting up a new sign? Not today. Uh, today's just taking shit down. Can you tell us anything? The names of a street, uh, any street? Uh, the directions, north, south. It's not our neighborhood. Honey? Okay. You've got a gun. Shoot them. I want to, but they're furbering. I need some kind of permit, wouldn't I? See, I want to thank you guys. You could have given us help, but you've given us so much more. Hey, that's what we're here for, right?
2: One character that seems to be making New York work for him is uh and i loved him in this and i always love him he was one of the first stage actors i ever saw in a broadway play philip bosco he's genius oh my he's god terrific he's still so as the as the bus driver he's terrific <laughs> yeah and because he is a planner because he's like I have to. We, we will leave in one minute and fifty-two seconds because he's that. He makes New York work for him. Like he's the he's a a he out plans the planner Bill Murray, and that's the only way to make New York work is to get it down to the second. Yeah. Right. So that he gains the
1: city. He's like I'm responsible for what it. I can yeah. be responsible he for. Hacks the city. And, right. That's how I live. I live by this code, and that's what gets me through. It's brilliant.
4: Do You go to the airport near the airport. Great. We're on a roll. You have exact change, right? Give him $100. Hurry. Hurry. That is an exact change. Have you looked back there? I don't think anybody's going to object. I look back there every night, friend. That's why I conduct my own affairs in a clean and hygienic fashion. I leave this stop in 1 minute and 45 seconds. Exact change or off. All right, all right. Give me a minute. I'll go get change.
2: I'll give you a minute and 28 seconds. What a great actor he is. So many good cameos in this. Bill is. Hartman's yeah. in it. Bill Hartman, Bill Hartman. Tony, Shalhoub, Tony Shalhoub, Stanley Tucci.
1: Amazing.
2: Tony Shalhoub gets second second steal of the movie with his yeah. character.
3: He was great. Uh, There's Tony another Shalhoub. wonderful actor in it, a guy that I wear I, His name is um, uh, Steve Park. Who is uh, oh. the grocery store clerk? The Korean grocery <laughs> oh, store. Oh yeah, we did. I did, we, say, I did a movie great. called Putzel with him, and he's he's a fascinating. He's a really good actor and a fascinating guy. I mean, that guy that he was in Fargo. He's the, oh, the guy yes, that Francis McDormand yes. goes on the date with. He was in oh, Do the Right kidding. Thing. He's done this slew of amazing. I think he was uh, in In Living Color. The original cast. Oh wow. Uh, yeah, really, oh, really? interesting. Very interesting character actor. Um, Very cool. Yeah, there was some really. It, it, it's
1: his it Jason Robards is wonderful. He's great in it. He's everybody's freaking legend.
2: legend. Yeah, is this after Gina Davis's Oscar for Accidental Tourist? Y-
1: uh, yes, yeah. I believe oh, okay. it is. Okay. Like so a she's a hot after. ticket
2: at this point. Like mm-hmm. she's like. Mm-hmm. It's right before Thelma Louise. She's one of my favorites. Where oh, she, she still she- works. She's on Glow. Do you watch Glow? You know, oh, I've seen a little bit of the first season of that, so I need. Yeah, to watch she that. popped up on that. And she had her
3: own
1: series a couple of years ago too. I don't know. She's been a very thing.
3: outspoken advocate for for women's rights in movies in. Um, great. You know, getting getting the the, the pay rates equal and everything. And I've she's, always loved I, her. She's my great. understanding. She's, is she's doing great. a lot of work behind the scenes now,
2: but.
1: Randy Quaid What happened? ruining everything? What happened in there? This movie?
2: Did he yeah. just completely go off the rails meant yeah. I mean, yeah. is that, what's the, what is the actual... He's, do we know what the actual story is? He,
1: well, I had some I
2: friends who worked with stories. him.
1: He did a show. Yeah. Um, he was kicked out of Actors' Equity. He's the only actor, <gasps> I believe, to ever be kicked out of the union for... Sidespread. Yeah. Um, <gasps> ...for behavior. Before, that, like, exactly. yeah. Fred Berman. Um,
3: <laughs> that was for something else completely, though. <laughs> I know um, a lot of people who worked with him on a show and they ahead. said he was... He was in him and his, he and his wife were a nightmare. Like I, I, I'm people to this day, this was years ago. And if his name is brought up the, it, like the room goes cold because oh. And good friends of mine who, it, yeah, it was, apparently he was, he was a bit of a nightmare to work with.
0: No, I got uh, laid off when they closed that asbestos factory.
2: <clears throat>
0: now, wouldn't you know it? The army cuts my disability pension because it said that the plate in my head
1: wasn't big enough. I love him in vacation. I think he's fantastic. And yeah, but yeah, but I, I didn't just, like him uh, in,
3: I don't know. I just didn't.
1: But in this, I, I, I mean, <sighs> it, this was more about his function in it, which is to me. And I wrote this down. I was like, this is kind of like the kind of character where you're like, why was he not? I know it's we're old friends. We're, you know, you're my best buddy from childhood. but I'm like, when, when no. this kind of, when life is on the line and money's on the line, this is the kind of guy you drop off no. a bridge. No, and, and that was the thing,
3: because I was, I, was, I kept He's like Ned him. Beatty
1: in Superman. He's like, he's like, how do you have this super genius? How do you have Gene Hackman is the the most brilliant man in the world? And then you have your assistant, like your partner, who is a complete disaster.
4: Why, It's the most brilliantly diabolical leader of our time surrounding himself with total nincompoops. I'm back, Mr. Luthor. Yes, I was uh, just talking about you. You're followed again. It's one of those cat like reflexes. Yeah.
1: It's it's a it, to me, it's and a weakness of the movie. It's an old Yeah, and but
3: and the thing is it reminded me again, going back to the dog day afternoon, because you're like, okay, he's the Sal. You know he's the John Cazale role, <laughs> right? But right, but right. the but the difference is, yes. And this is where it sort of lost me. John Cazale, I mean Sal in that movie in Dog Day Afternoon, is you know obviously he's he's very dumb. He's not a smart guy. <laughs> There's obviously a little something off. But you can see why Al Pacino's character Sonny would would invite him along. There's something dangerous about him and he's focused and he's the guy who's going to get things done, even though he's not smart and there's something off with him. I I can, you can conceivably say, okay, I could, you know, going to to, to Trava Bank, this is the guy I'm going to bring. Yeah, he but serves yeah, a
2: function in the he robbery. He serves a function,
3: exactly. Randy Whereas, Quaid
2: serves a function in the robbery because his role in the robbery is to be the panicky guy. Right, which you is know? great. It's which, everything it, after the robbery that Bill Murray didn't plan for.
3: Yes, and that's, that's where it sort of lost me too because, again, they were so good in the bank. And then as soon as they got out of the bank, you're like, wait, are these the same people that just did this brilliant bank robbery? That that was the part where I didn't buy. You know, when Randy Quaid started to, you know, do all the crying shtick that he did in the bank as that character, it it was just... It was a little too much. I just didn't buy it. Like, if you want to play the dumb guy, you know, or like the old, the the best friend, the sort of slow, like, you know, the Lenny character (laughs) of Mike's Men.
1: What is his function in the robbery? If he, if he's just in the bank vault, does he get anything or do anything? No, he's the first
3: person, he's he's the first 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 person to panic, right? So they want him to get out. So, but to what end
1: he could have, like, what does that, I'm not sure what that serves
3: Well, he he could just be waiting for that. Was the whole thing he needed some.
1: I know, so he could have, yeah, I know. He could have just released uh, Gina Davis and himself, and that would have been fine. (laughs) Um, This
2: movie for me was better than I remembered. I definitely saw it when it came out because it did play at the movie theater where I worked, and I probably saw it multiple times because you know, um, that's just what happens when you work in a movie theater, you Mm -hmm. peek in and you see. Uh, movies in, in sort of fits and starts over over multiple screenings um and uh I was like oh yeah I remember this kind of being mediocre I don't remember much about it it was for me it was better than I than I remember no, i felt the
1: same i uh, same as you Dan I love I remember liking it when I first saw it and I think I did see it that summer and I yeah. liked it and then I've seen it probably two or three times since oh, then really? Inclu- uh-huh. yeah I've watched it a few times including this rewatch and I've, I think I've liked it more every time. I, I loved it when I watched it. Now I thought, I thought it was great. Cool. I thought it was very well written, well constructed, very funny. The cast was great. No, looks I was, like he I just
2: farted in his recording. Movie. I thought it was
1: great. Well, <laughs> well, I did. Well, I thought fuck? it was totally I funny don't. and charming, okay. and like, and it was. See, it was I didn't like,
3: laugh once. What? I didn't have one. I, I literally didn't. I, and that doesn't. And, you know, oh, maybe I laughed was... all through it. I laughed
1: all no, through it. No, I didn't it. laugh at all. I didn't
3: find it funny. And that, and that's you know, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be a laugh out loud type sure. thing. Just because Bill Murray's in it. And again, that was when I realized, oh, this is the shift. This is the shift in Bill Murray and what he's yeah. doing. But I, I, I actually found some of the writing a little clunky at times. The stuff with him and Gina Davis, I just didn't. At, at times, I don't know. It just feel
2: a little tacked on at times. Yeah, I, I just
3: didn't. I, I, I wasn't invested in the characters as I, as I, as much as I wanted to be.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Para los Muertos! Los muertos! Los muertos! What does it mean anyway, Grim? Flores los bordos. I sure couldn't tell you. You know, Grim, it means flowers for the dead. Oh,
0: God. We're all gonna die.
1: I just enjoyed the helmet. Maybe it's maybe it's because I I'm I'm missing the bustle of New York city right now. And just anything Mm. that like takes me to, to the, to New York city and all its lively, imperfect, dirty
2: (laughs) realness. It Uh, did make me feel fondness for New York city and my memories of having lived there for so long. And it also brought back every memory I ever had of (laughs) frustration with getting from point A to point B in New York and anybody who lives in New York for any, you know, any, any extended period of time, Knows what that is? They know what that feeling is. It's like I have to get to a place, and I can't reckon get there because of the city. It's like, yep, I I remember that feeling of like you got to leave ninety four hours before you need before your plane takes off to get any place. It 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 really evoked that for me. I thought Shalhoub was fantastic, by the way. Shalhoub is
1: fantastic. He he's always been fantastic in everything, everything. and of course, it is so funny. You look at him and like Stanley, like two of the greatest actors of our time, and. And it's like, boy, this is in these early days of their career. You know, every time you saw these guys, they were playing some sort of ethnic stereotype. Like, how many cab drivers yeah. who can't speak English has Tony Shalhoub played? Or like, well, you know, uh, Wings. Like, he was story. he played.
2: I mean, he and, spoke English on that show, but and he this, was
1: Wings as a And, and Tucci is always, hey, you know, he's got the gold chains and he's working for <laughs> something. You know, I mean, he's the the gangsters. That they're mm-hmm. wonderful. They're wonderful so in good. in the film. Uncle
3: Mike, Uncle Mike.
0: Mr. Skelton, wait a minute! No, wait a minute. Wait a minute. wait a minute! wait a minute! Wait a minute! We don't want Mario to come and hit the big bald giant with with the stupid sunglasses, knocking everybody around for kicks. I mean, you know, I mean nobody's stupid enough to do this for a few k. They got to know that Mario's going to come after them and pull out their livers. I mean, you know. I,
1: mean, I think that I might be right on this, so you know. Those yeah. two guys jousting on the bicycles and whatever that was a great, that was, a great it was an amazing little, little, little scene my friend
2: nick and i used to do that on our bikes in front of his house i don't it know if was it was so inspired crazy. it couldn't have been inspired by that movie because we were much younger and we the little kid on ringing the bell like mm-hmm. <laughs> that yeah was so and the flores de los muertos moment that was great moment, that's that was like a so wizard
1: amazing. of oz scene where they they, they get yeah. off the bus and then it's just like this it's just mm-hmm. this dark alley with just a shaft of light it was like very much like Dorothy and and the the cowardly lion and the tin man like kind of walking down this path like you know what what awaits us on this journey yeah. to JFK and then the woman saying floras de los muertos oh, or we've para, all para had, los muertos we've all I thought it was those so mystical
2: funny. moments in New York too you know what I mean those yeah. magical weird unexplained it's almost supernatural Moments in New York mm-hmm. where you go, Did that just happen? Did I actually see that? Am I actually here right now? Or am I in some alternate reality? New York does that to you. It that is- was like
3: when I was standing waiting for the subway and the subway came by and it was a completely empty subway, except for the one lone man squatting down with a huge poop hanging out of his butt. <laughs> just and, I, and the train just went by me really slowly as we I just watched this man pooping on.
2: The, the one train.
3: It was a magical, mystical moment for me.
2: And then it when you is. got on the train, I said, welcome. And that was how we met. <laughs> I pulled up my pants.
1: And then and then you just said, shook hands. get off of my train. And you kept pushing Fred.
2: Ah, uh, perfect. <laughs> perfect, yeah. You taught him how to break Vincent things Chevelli. with his
1: mind. Yes, you did. In so uh, many ways. Um,
2: <laughs> uh,
1: well, shall Vincent chavelli Take us Let's into our on show. To the chevely, chevely shall we? Shall we? Uh, well, not Buffalo? before
2: we do. But yes, we shall. But there is there is one thing in the mailbag. Oh, one. yeah. Um, I didn't even know they still did this. What? It's a. <laughs> what do you mean? It's a telegram. Oh. Oh. Do you need to open the mailbag,
3: or
1: or did I, you already get it out? Or before? the tele,
3: You already pulled the telegram out. I
2: can open the mailbag.
1: I mean, you don't. Know.
2: If I you don't were have to. to. You don't need open to open the mailbag. Already... It might sound a little something. Like oh god! Why? I, I gave myself six paper cuts just now.
1: How is it that there's one thing in the mailbag and it makes that much noise?
2: The mysteries of life.
1: The mysteries of life. On my it's one of those New York mysteries. Exactly. That's what I'm
2: saying. In a New York minute. Maybe that's what we'll hand fart later. Wee-oo. Um, Oh my God. The telegram. It's from Sing Sing. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Buzzness oh, raided. Stop. <laughs> Honey racket under siege. Stop. <laughs> Damn you, Jacob Joseph. Stop. <laughs> Love the podcast. Stop. <laughs> Sheila. Wow. Send pancakes. Oh wow. Oh my god. <laughs> wait, wait, in, so wait. She's I didn't in realize
3: jail. Sheila was She sing, sing. Well she I guess I guess her and Adam were really deep into something in the business. What were they were they in blaming
1: her
2: and Jacob Joseph? Because he said he was in the okay. business. Yes. Oh, no, yes, right. no Adam's,
1: Adam's one of the army of freelancers. The army of
2: freelancers, right. To keep
1: this country going. Right. Um,
2: what oh the God. hell happened? I mean, can you decipher
1: I have no idea. There was a, what'd she say? A honey siege or a honey, <laughs> si- a honey scam? Her, her old honey pot? What She was on the old potter's wheel. She made a, pot, a honey pot for you. But then uh, Jacob got his uh, little fist in
2: there. Should I tend to send a telegram back?
3: I don't know. I think you should stay out of it.
2: Uh, well, you do. I, okay. Do you want to get? In, do you really want to get involved with that? With a criminal? With somebody who's you, like a, cur- with a criminal? See, you're criminal? very. Like
1: you're, a- you're going through the Gina Davis uh, problem right now. You're, you're 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 understanding what she was grappling with. Does she yeah, want I to spend I her life Sheila. with a
2: criminal? I thought I knew oh, I, Sheila. I think we all thought we knew Sheila. Honey racket. Just you get involved with in someone it, like Jacob Joseph though. Was... The bu- yeah I know the buzz was not what we thought it was. Wow, Holy Sheila, if you're listening, call. if you can hear us from your from wherever Bunker. you are inside of Sing Sing prison, uh, we 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 feel for you. We're with you in spirit. Hang in there. Um, don't take any wooden nickels. <laughs> 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 I don't know what kind of advi- what advice do you give someone in jail? I, uh, well,
1: there's the old the the soap thing yeah oh, watch so out for the it. shower that's uh
2: don't befriend the neo-nazis yes don't do that don't do any of that Sheila. hang in well, there hang tough we we will we will do what we can we'll see what we can do we'll we'll make some calls
1: don't, don't make empty promises i know
3: the journey of sheila has has really been a roller coaster really my god been. i mean this mm-hmm. podcast has affected her this podcast affects
2: people's lives hello i knew it would i knew it would well, it's and nice
1: to nice. get a telegram from her. At least you know she's not ghosting you.
0: <gasps> and now we got a sanguine. We got a sanguine oh, oh, megaphone. My, <laughs> <darling. laughs> my darling.
2: <laughs> my sheila.
0: <loved. gasps> my cardamom pancake <laughs> with you.
1: Somebody better not just listen to like say like i'll start with episode seven no, or eight it'll be saga. like what planet yeah are these <laughs> it's animals like, on it's
2: like coming in on season three of breaking bad you can't do it let's just
1: talk about ghost
0: what's the matter
4: seems like uh whenever anything good in my life happens i'm just afraid i'm gonna lose it I really love you. What do you want? Somebody? Somebody! Somebody help us! Uh, What's happening? It's like I think about you every minute. It's like I can still feel you. The problem with you is you still think you're real. It's all up here now. You want to move something? You gotta move it with your mind. <laughs> Molly, why can't you hear me? Who is that? You can hear me. Can you hear me, Sam oh, Wheat? Please. Say my name. Say it. Leave me alone. Say Sam. 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 Hello. I get a message from Sam.
1: Patrick Swayze is Sam Wheat, a banker who moves in with his artist girlfriend, Molly Jensen, played by Demi Moore and the two are madly in love. However, when Sam is murdered by a mugger, hired by Sam's friend and business partner, Carl Bruner, played by Tony Goldwyn, he is left to roam the earth as a powerless spirit. When he learns of Carl's betrayal, Sam seeks the help of psychic Oda Mae Brown, played by Whoopi Goldberg. Jerry Zucker was a surprise choice for the director's chair, as he was best known for Airplane, The Naked Gun, and a number of other broad comic parodies he had co-directed with his brother David Zucker and Jim Abrams during the previous decade. Ghost was a surprise smash, earning $12.2 million over its opening weekend, on its way to a domestic take of $217.6 million, and a worldwide haul of more than half a billion dollars. It was not only the biggest film of the summer, but of the entire year, beating out Pretty Woman, Home Alone, and the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The film received five Academy Award nominations, including Best Picture, Best Original Score, and Best Film Editing, and it won Oscars for Bruce Joel Rubin's screenplay and Whoopi Goldberg's turn as Oda Mae. In addition to her Best Supporting Actress Oscar, Goldberg also won the BAFTA and the Golden Globe Award for her portrayal. Fred and Dan... What did you guys think of Ghost?
2: This brought so many good memories rushing back for me because Ghost was one of the movies not playing at the theater where I worked. We didn't get say, Ghost. I was going to say, it's it. so weird that you got yeah. quick change and not Ghost. But. But I think it depended on like who the, the owner, because there were never really... This is sort of before the era of the big multiplexes. Like maybe it, it was it
3: Patrick Swayze who sprayed the shit in the bathroom. <gasps> he was like, what fuck, "Why aren't you playing my movie?"
2: <laughs> he couldn't when believe it. It was a protest. I, oh god! Well, <laughs> See, from roadhouse
1: was- to shithouse. <laughs> from roadhouse
2: scene- to shithouse. I <laughs> loved <laughs> Ghost,
1: Gene. That makes no sense.
2: Gotta go. <laughs> The, um, the, the the first sort of big multiplex we had was called Cineplex Odeon, and that mm-hmm. opened in the mall. But th- I worked there, too, eventually. Um but <laughs> just, just making with, the rounds. That's exactly what I did. I went from movie theater to movie theater. Um, and my sister worked at a video store for a while at a Blockbuster. So we were like a movie family. Um, but that wasn't open yet. So this was like a six cinema, six theater, you know, cinema. It was like a small mm-hmm. sort of family cinema. And we didn't get every movie. And and you had to, if you want to see everything that was out, you got to go to like two or three different places. We got the same... Movies is movie city five, but they were the same company. So we had to go, you know, to the uh, general cinemas <laughs> um, to see, uh, to see ghost. And my sister and I went and I was like, oh, do you want to say, I don't want to see this. She's like, no, let's go see it. Let's go see it. Who knows? You know, it was like an afternoon and it's such a pleasant memory for me because that mm. wasn't something that my sister and I typically did together. It was like, I remember we saw Jurassic park together. The two of us because of the Cineplex Odeon was having like a free, um, late night or early morning, um, screening for its, for its, uh, employees. And so we went to mm-hmm. that together, but it wasn't something that we did. She's three years older than I am. And, and, uh, we went to see ghost. And, and I also remember one of her teachers, or maybe it was a guidance counselor. Gosh, I wish I could remember which one was in the theater with us. There weren't very many people in the theater and she came out and was crying. We were crying mm. <laughs> and we were like, wasn't that beautiful that was so beautiful that was a mm-hmm. great movie and i watched it again today cried at least four times during dude it. yeah
1: i cried so hard watching a, it i remember i did when i first saw it i've done oh i think God. every time i've seen this movie and i haven't what seen is it
2: what is it about this
1: movie? it's just excellent it's just you know so it? well constructed it shouldn't necessarily work i, mm-hmm. I mean that you say it wasn't at your theater I don't think this was, you know, we say now because it made half a billion dollars. You're like, no, well, this was this a sleeper It was a total sleeper. Nobody expected wow. this to be the N- this number one an movie unexpected.
3: of the year. It didn't make sense because it's Jerry Zucker directed it. <laughs> you know, Demi Moore wasn't, she wasn't, this was like her really, her big, big thing. I mean, she did St. Almost Fire. She was a working actress she did good work but she wasn't the superstar no this kind of made her a superstar. this
1: patrick swayze had dirty dancing but that was about yeah. it in terms of like something mm-hmm. like that was like so robust in the pop culture and yeah. and whoopi goldberg again like she had you know color purple people knew her comedy color purple right. she was a big star going into this yeah. but this obviously this launched her in a whole other direction and she won every award under the sun and it was i, I mean and it's such an but it's such a disparate it's like it's a ghost story. Okay, there's something kind of like that. That could go off the rails very quickly. It could be hokey. You've got and that Whoopi was the Goldberg, criticism of it, right
2: effect. was that it was overly sentimental and hokey. But it's yeah, I, I guess hokey. it didn't have mixed I reviews. That but at it's all.
1: I, I think it just when you do something like this well, when you do sentimentality, I mean, yeah. sentimentality is a is a bad word, right? It's like a dirty word. But when you do it this well and this sincerely, and this, I mean, yeah. it's just done so well the writing the direct the performances you know i actually think the most effective ghost stuff is just in the acting it's very theatrical it's very like theater watching theater like yeah. the scenes where he's just there in scenes with them and the way they play it's just acting he's it's just just, just acting one-on-one yeah. on one. they're, mm-hmm. yep. they're just pretending he's not there they're just pretending it's nothing much more effective than the special effects of like his hand going through yeah. things and whatever but even though those effects are not like you know you know stellar necessary they were good for their time i'm sure but it that doesn't matter you buy in hook line i did at least i you buy in hook line and sinker to it and it's it is it's beautiful it's just so goddamn well made it's like it almost you're like it shouldn't work maybe but it works so that's my opinion
3: but yeah i cried
1: like crazy
3: i cried because (laughs) i saw it with nina oh
1: god <laughs> okay.
2: Was it the, was the, the okay. last movie you saw, to last movie saw oh, Fred. oh, I'm sorry, Fred. I, I said before I go off to college, I got you know when I go to college, I'm gonna
3: watch I'm gonna watch Tarantino movies, Scorsese <laughs> movies, and but will I'll see this with you, my high school girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <Fred's okay. laughs> oh, oh, no, uh, I
3: did see oh. this. I'm pretty sure I did see this with Nina um, that summer. I saw it then. I loved it. I watched it again today. I loved it. I watched it with the kids. Uh, oh, it, did they it's, like it? It's this, yeah, they really did. It's the simplicity <gasps> of it. Yes. Me, which is good. what, it's a simple story. And what I love to, yeah, because again, it's like you said, Jason, in the beginning, and and the idea, it's just ghost. You know, what is, it's a ghost story. So when I love ah, how when it starts, it's almost presented as, it's very scary. Oh, it's, it's so very, spooky. Yeah, the credits dangerous. are so spooky. in the beginning. And then you realize what they're doing. They're tearing down the wall. And <laughs> it's not that type of story at all? No, it's not. You know, with the typical boo ghost story. Yeah, I just liked it. I thought it was. There's something really simple about it. I think the performances are great. I remember at the time They're, thinking this, and again, I was like, "Wow, Tony Goldwyn, he was the revelation in that movie. Oh, he's, he's fantastic. Great. Yeah. He's so good." And I, I, I love his character. I love the writing behind it. I love it that it's you're not banged over the head with it, but you know, here's a guy who is in over his head right from the beginning. Yeah. He, they play off the fact that he's got ambitions and which was really interesting. Did you realize the, the play that they're going to see? Oh, yeah. I thought about, I, I didn't oh, yeah. realize they go yeah. to see
1: Macbeth. Yeah. Yeah. Macbeth. And yeah. it
3: really hit me watching it again when, when he writes murderer on the computer. Oh, yeah. And I thought, oh my God, that's yep. it. Because here's this guy he's fed ambition. by his, his over-reaching
1: ambition. Reaching and ambition. Yep. And, he murders
3: yep. his friend. Um, but like he just, he, he did such a great job of playing this guy who was just in over his head didn't mean for this to spin out of control and now is just grasping at straws and trying to stay ahead. And he does a wonderful job and sways. And a is lesser great.
2: actor would have played it like a slime. You know uh, what I mean? Yes, would have exactly. played into it and he doesn't. He never tips his hand on it. No. No. Once,
1: no. Once you know, when you know the story, you can see. Oh, yeah. How things that are being said affect him and right. his defense. But I remember mm. when I first saw this, I, it was a surprise. When oh, he, yeah. yeah. It was a total surprise. Agreed. when When he yeah. goes to the killer's apartment and he's like, what's going on? What happened? Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and Swayze witnesses that you're your stomach drops out, mm-hmm. by, you yeah. Know, uh, and the way, camera Patrick stays Swayze. on Swayze that whole oh, time so, as he yeah. realizes, and you realize yeah, it's, and it's so go. so good. Oh, it's and so good. And that's a tough line to walk. You're right. For, mm-hmm. for Tony Stark, no, great... not
2: tip that off. Yeah, yeah it's very I, I
3: I remember being blown away by. Him.
4: Listen to me, Molly. I gotta
3: ask you about something.
4: Yeah, he needs to borrow four million dollars. When you said that you th- thought that Sam was here, that he was talking to you, what did you feel? What did he say to you?
0: Why?
4: What does that have to do with anything? It's just, listen to me for a second. This psychic lady, I want to know what she told you. I want to know exactly what she said.
3: God, Whoopi Goldberg is, she's fantastic in this. Yeah, she's She's really, really good. I I don't want to say that you sort of take Whoopi for granted these days, but, you know, this was so early in her career, really. And you go back and watch it, and she's still wonderful, obviously, but she's, you know, she's evolved. She's a different, it's a different Whoopi Goldberg now than that. And you go back and watch it, and she's, She's just so good in it. She's she's it's a delightful performance and it's real and it's 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 very very funny.
1: I've never appreciated it as much as I did watching it this time. I always I loved this you. movie, but I liked her so much more. I think when I first saw it, I was like, ah, eh. I, I mean, I loved it, but I thought she was that she was a device or that her con- something about the comic energy of it that I thought maybe tipped it a little too much into not silliness but I don't know it didn't work for me as well I can remember when I first saw it it didn't quite work for me as well as it works yes. now. and it works I agree so with you and well I think
3: I had the same thing
1: all the yeah. little all the nuances of her performance are really uh, they just make more sense to me now like everything about everything she's doing and she really is te- and now I, I watched I was like oh of course she won an Oscar for this because she's a fantastic <laughs> yeah. actress who was probably due for an Oscar with color purple forget yeah. that but then here she is doing so many different things, like being utterly sincere, playing yeah, funny as hell, becoming other people at different mm-hmm. points. When she, you know, I mean, I love that
2: moment. I want to see more of that kind of thing. When
1: mm-hmm. Swayze inhabits Whoopi Goldberg's yeah. body, yeah. and t- so he can have real contact with her. Yeah. And I was like, oh my god! And I even thought, I was like, oh, this, this is where she won the Oscar. I'm sure because I, I was remembering a scene that didn't happen. Meaning, I was thinking. Whoopi Goldberg was going to have a whole scene with Demi Moore as Patrick Swayze and that they were going to do all sorts of stuff in terms of blending uh, That was the a fantasy that you had much later and, and no, no, in college.
3: I had s- the same fantasy. Jason, it's okay. It's okay.
1: It, <laughs> I I was so moved for a moment. I thought, what a beautiful nod to representation by having Whoopi Goldberg become him and then have them play a scene together as lovers for even for a minute would have been really kind of groundbreaking well, and beautiful. Well, you do see their hands You touch see their hands touch. You see their hands touch. The, it's, the, it's just the, the one shot and then it is beautiful on. when it pans up yeah. and it's Patrick Swayze. It is incredibly effective and beautiful yeah. but I did think for a second that they were going to go there and I even found a quote Roger Ebert's review was like, Hoping it would go there, and then my it mind, doesn't. Because
2: I'm remembering this now from my Ebert books. Go ahead.
1: But no, just uh, uh, not even to to read the quote, but to say that it it was felt like a, a tiny bit of a missed opportunity because it yes. would have been all the more spiritual and, and moving poignant. to and poignant to see him communicate. It would be an acting feat for Whoopi Goldberg and for Demi Moore, and and just to, you know like to play those two lovers coming back together, but through a different conduit. And then just visually, like I say, it would have been this very striking and potent and beautiful image of, yeah. you know, these two women having yeah. this connection, um, you yeah. know, I, I don't from know. From two
2: different worlds. Yeah, and I think worlds. if the movie were to have been made today, you would see
1: done They would do it like that. You
2: know what I mean? And I think that was sort of Roger Ebert sort of because I remember that from my, from the yeah. Ebert review, which was lukewarm because I had the books, you know, I had all those Roger Ebert books.
1: The quote from Ebert here is, in strict logic, This should involve us seeing Goldberg kissing more, but of course, the movie compromises and shows us Swayze holding her. Too bad, he says, because Mm -hmm. the logical version would actually have been more spiritual and moving. I will say I don't go that far because I do think what they did was beautiful. It it was was so well done. It gives you a, it actually is. Gives you a chill when my daughter guessed. Yeah, when that he, when her oh, hands cool. their hands are together and then no, you it see wasn't it's that. Is when it,
3: when it turned into a sway. That's yeah, what I'm saying. She was like, yes. oh my god, that was so cool how they did that. Yeah, oh, it's and again, that's simple camera trickery. So simple, that's in, so in camera. Simple.
4: I need you to tell Molly what I'm saying, but you have to tell her word for word. All right, word for word. Yes, he wants me to tell you what he's saying word for word. Molly, you're in danger. Now, you can't just blurt it out like that and quit moving around, will you? Because you're starting to make me dizzy. i just tell her in my own way. Molly, you're in danger, girl.
3: Now, speaking of logic, this is something I did think of this time. And I feel like I thought this way back when. it went When he's going to look for Vincent Chiavelli again and you see him, he's searching the subways and you see him going down the escalator stairs. He's walking yeah. down very fast. And suddenly it dawned on me, wait a minute. Because he's got this whole sort of Mr. Miyagi moment with Vincent Chiavelli teaching him, you know, this is how you touch things. But <laughs> so logically, wouldn't he sink beneath the ground? No,
2: I, I know those of being a ghost are fast and loose. I th- they're, yeah. pre- they're pretty good, though.
1: They, they're, yeah. they go They go to great lengths to say this is how he discovers what he can do and can't. Do. Like when he realizes that the cat notices him and is affected by him. And when he can't communicate with Demi Moore and there's the, the 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 killers in the house, he knows if I stare at the cat, the cat will will react. I'll, oh, yeah. That's the only oh, thing I can affect in this moment is the yeah. cat. So he learns bit by bit the things he can do to affect change, and you know he learns as he goes. And the movie's very clear about that. Fred, I thought the same thing too when he comes down the steps. It's because of how fast and how. Yes purposefully he's running down those steps. I had yes. the same thought. I was like, he should s- slip through there. But I was like, but no, but he walks around and he sits on things in the apartment. Well, I mean, he's constantly he, in yeah. physical contact with real things right. earlier it, in the movie. It's yeah. just because of how
3: it's, it was that one shot. It's of such very, an aggressively like physical his feet yeah. touching each step, yes. you know, yeah. but that scene, but then when it goes into the scene with Vincent Chivarelli, uh, sorry, Schiavelli, um, who I love in everything. The guy's amazing. He's in great. Mr. Vargas and Fast Times. Come
1: on.
2: Oh, but, his um, best performance though is in uh is in uh, what's the movie with Michael Keaton and Henry Winkler?
1: A night Shift.
2: Night Shift. Night He's shift. the guy who goes, Where the fuck is 4K? Yeah, yeah, and goes, yeah. yeah. And 4K. He goes he goes, I didn't want mustard on my sandwich. He takes the <laughs> sandwich and wipes the mustard off the sandwich on the wall. That's right. And he hands him the sandwich back. <laughs> I thought he you were going to say you were
1: like you were like what's that movie with my Michael Keaton? I was like Batman Returns. He's in Batman Returns. <laughs> That's it's right, isn't that?
3: He's like he's the organ. Grind. He's the organ. Oh yeah. Um, wow. I thought I loved him in this, and I was oh, so excited great. to see him again, and I found his his performance was
4: really poignant. The problem with you is you still think you're real. You think you're wearing those clothes. You think you're crouched on that floor. Bullshit. You ain't got a body no more, son. It's all up here now. You want to move something, you got to move it with your mind. You got to focus. You hear what I'm saying? How? How do you focus? I don't know how you focus, you just focus. How did you do that? You got to take all your emotions, all your anger, all your love, all your hate and push it way down here into the pit of your stomach and then let it explode like a reactor.
2: To me, um, she's, for me, the heart and soul of this movie. Her, without her performance and how oh, yeah. elevated and how great it is, this movie does not work. She, her journey is the most interesting journey in the movie, I think, mm-hmm. because she is constantly getting battered down by the fact that she is feeling like a fool. For everything she believes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there, she believes in Oda and then she feels foolish for having believed it. She believes in Tony Goldwyn and then get realizes she's duped. You know what I mean? And then there's a second time and a third time with 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 Oda and Swayze. And she keeps getting sort of gut punched by the fact that she is she has been not able to let him go, felt his presence, but feels foolish for having done so. Sure. And then that gives you that ending because it's so earned by her journey it's a beautiful performance she's
1: great. she's the litmus test for everything in the movie like you ever for yes. us to be on board with anything that happens we look to her and we look to her yeah. face and her understanding her. of it and it's like if she believes it <laughs> if if they get through to her whoever it is if she if we yes. see it click for her then we can go with it. i mean and we know we know what's happening we've got the story with it but mm-hmm. she tells us when it's Safe to believe, or when there it's, or go. when it, you know, there I, you I, go. I think it's. Uh, I'll tell you that yeah.
3: moment. I still, when he first realizes that he's dead, oh. that moment where he he runs <sighs> down the street yes. and so to chase, it it gave me chills. Yeah, yeah. you know, it gave me chills back then. It still gave me chills. It's such a great little moment. I mean, it, in retrospect, it's it's. Uh, I don't want to say it's an obvious. Device, but it just the way it's played, it works. It's it's not it's that it's the, obvious.
1: It's simple and it's simple. clear it's and it's simple. clean. Yeah, it's yeah. the storytelling is so good. That's what's so impressive about the fact that it's Jerry Zucker, Jerry Zucker. directing it because he's so assured his direction yes. of this. And maybe yeah. it's because as part of that Zaz Brothers team, or whatever, mm-hmm. he he's always had to sell such ridiculous stuff. It's funny that somebody who's constantly winking and nudging at things like plays this so earnestly like directs it so earnestly and so clearly but mm-hmm. i think maybe he's he's adept with like working with heightened material and so here he's able to take it and just i, I he probably it was probably exciting for him it reminded yeah. me
3: of sorry of a of a i'm blanking on his name adam mckay who mm-hmm. did, you know, started off all the, the Will Ferrell movies right. and then moved on to,
1: Big you know. Big Short and Yeah, exactly. And, and,
3: I, and I think yeah. it's it's directors like that, like him and Zucker, people who are used to like really fast zany comedy, they they probably have a facility of being able to move a story along. Now that could, if if, if they're not such great directors, that could go off in a really bad direction. But I think these guys were good and they were, they since they know timing... So if they're given a story that maybe isn't a wacky zany comedy, they still know how to move it along in a sense that there's no fat to this
0: movie.
3: it, It clips along. It doesn't, nothing is brushed by, but it clips along in a nice pace. It never
4: drags. Oh,
1: it's, it's perfectly paced and constructed. I mean, I, I had, I've written things down, like how efficient the first half hour of the movie, I was like by the 30, by the 30 minute mark. You've yeah. you've already had the moment with the the killer in the house and the cat and all of that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that is a fantastic scene. Yeah, I was like, where moves. are we in the movie? I paused it and I was like, 34 minutes. And then at, at the 40-minute mark, we're introduced to Whoopi Goldberg. That first 40 minutes is so potent and well paced and well constructed. And you're totally on board and you believe the rules of the movie and you care about everybody in it. And yeah. then you you've got the cherry on top. You've got the whipped cream, you've got you've got the central <laughs> um. And, and entertaining performance of the movie, you've got the, the Whoopi Goldberg, the incredible Whoopi yeah. Goldberg performance comes in at that point, And then the movie just lifts off again. And yeah. it, it comes in at the perfect moment when it's like, well, now we need her. We need levity. We need a tonal shift. We need to see Patrick Swayze smile and laugh and enjoy something and be taken out of just his plight and his world and his sadness and his fear And yet she's completely integral to that and supports everything that's going on. It's just so fucking well constructed. And you say that thing about his pacing as a director, Zucker's pacing. Apparently the the writer, Bruce Joel Rubin, um, who wrote all his screenplays or many of his screenplays, had a very, uh, very much, he always explored the themes of life and death. And he was a teacher of meditation. And his his work has always has metaphysical themes. He wrote uh, Jacob's Ladder. Oh my, my gosh. Wrote, oh, uh, that played uh, at the life. movie
2: theater where I worked?
1: Yeah. Well, there you go. So that's the The damage is the seal of approval. It, play, it played where I worked. Um, uh, no, but I mean.
3: Was that like uh, Jacob Joseph's ladder? But apparently, <laughs>
1: that's a different one.
2: Uh, that, one? That's uh, a different uh, one. That's a step ladder. That's <laughs> a, a step ladder. <laughs> it's got two rungs. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> one thing that didn't uh, work in the movie was the hell demons. That did not work for me. I thought it did.
1: I, oh, thought the, look, I thought the sound it doesn't of, hold up. No. It doesn't look
2: great. No, because the, the sound, sound like, of them is so blah, like it's like it's no, red it, it doesn't work. It should. I thought have it was chilling. Much creepier. It should have been much creepier and much weirder.
1: No, the Bruce Joel Rubin thing was that apparently the screenplay was very, very dark and very long. And it was Zucker who like came in and found, you know, cut it down and streamlined it or, or not even cut it down, but like worked with him to really push back on the efficiency of it and getting some of the uh, some of the lighter elements that are in the movie are because Zucker came in and well, helped it along and apparently they f- were f- a very good sense. union, the two of them, like, Bruce Joel Rubin is very happy for, you know, I mean, it's like, he's like, yeah, it, you can tell. I mean, the, the movie works in a different way because of how he helped me shape it. I'm
4: proud of you, Otome. You know something, Sam? I don't care if you're proud of me. You stay away from me from now And What is that not gonna do it? She can't even buy underwear, nothing. I hate you, leave me alone, never talk to me again.
3: I think you're wonderful, Oda May. I just love how Oda May was this character who, who sh- she was a scam artist, you know that she yeah. had this thing that her family had, but she's like, "Well, I don't have that." It sounds like bullshit to me. I'm just going to scam And Then, holy yeah. shit! Wait, I have this. Yeah. Like I, I thought that's. And it it when, once once nice that's unlocked twist. for her. Yeah, then it's. Unlocked. Then
0: there, then everybody's it's, there, and she's hearing yeah. all the voices. Isn't it's funny that interesting? That's I was thinking about what you said yeah I was
3: thinking about what you said to Jason that I, I at the time when it came out I I think I was with you on that that I was like oh, she's good Whoopi's good but I think at the time it was sort of like what I said about Tommy Lee Jones last week is that at that point I think I was a little whoopied out
1: when you think about it, between color purple and this, There's nothing iconic, really. I mean, I I I don't know, like there was Jumpin' Jack Flash and Fatal Beauty, and they were like the telephone. I think was a movie she did. Like she did a bunch of movies. They were on cable a a lot. Yeah, yeah. They Mm -hmm. just kind of came and went from the theater. Like it was like they were trying to figure out. Okay, it's like she's clearly a great actress, Color Purple, clearly a great comedian from her stand-ups, But like, but trying to figure out how to fuse the two and make her a movie star or like, I mean, Mm -hmm. she was a movie star, but in terms of like making up a performance that really clicked with people, I feel like this is probably the first one since color purple that made people sit up and go, Oh my God, she's amazing. And then a couple years later, sister act did a similar thing in terms of like just kind of grabbing people, but she's so eminently likable and, and, and charming and funny. And uh, yeah, she's great. But yeah, I think that's it too. I think it is like a little bit of like, she was ubiquitous at that time Mm -hmm. and, but not, she wasn't blowing you. It wasn't like, oh, my God, got to see the new Whoopi Goldberg right. movie. They're all so great. I mean, I think they were kind of like falling into a rhythm of like, oh, boy. Here, oh, here's, here, I here we go America.
2: Thank God Made in America came along because yeah, that, that really
1: that turned revived. Uh, go back America. and listen to episode two if you, uh, if, you, <laughs> right. if you need a refresher. I don't want to
3: wait. What is he doing being White? I remember going to see it and feeling like, oh, this is i've heard this is special and this is going to be a nice surprise movie and mm-hmm. it really was and it and the the great thing about a movie like that is when it holds up after all this time yeah that's oh, yeah. what made it even more special the fact that oh god no it's still it, it it's still works. got it
1: i yeah i was wondering too I was like me too i remember really liking surprise. this yeah. and I was like I don't know I was kind of excited yeah. and nervous to say I was like I don't think I've seen it since 1991 or something like that you know <laughs> I mean I think I saw it a few times I think I saw it once in the theater and then probably a few times on video but I have not seen it in decades you know maybe I've seen a clip of it somewhere or whatever the Oh I the forgot so much of it the whole
2: beginning I was like I don't remember have I seen this movie I yeah really yeah, remember. yeah. Like, no, I had seen it but I was like yeah it has been a long time since the, I'd seen it I was fact- so pleasantly surprised that it still works
1: and you know that, that amazing that beautiful line he says that the um, at the very end, uh, I'm going to look for it now because I wrote oh, it down. No, it's so you know, close. The love you, so much love. The love inside you take it with you, and the uh,
2: tears were rolling.
1: It, it's so beautiful, and I remember oh. it kind of this is an experience I've had very rarely in my life. But I was watching it last night, and that moment came, and of course, it's the big high point emotional But it came and it hit me. I. All of a sudden, I remembered how I felt seeing it in 1990 in the movie theater, because mm-hmm. I had uh, I had my uncle had passed away earlier that semester. And that was the, the like just a few months before that movie came out. And it was, um, you know, and it's, you know, and at an age where you haven't experienced a lot of that type of thing. Right. And, the ways in which you process it, especially I was in the middle of like second semester of college. And it was kind of a crazy, you know, there's, there was a lot of residue in terms of like how things were hitting me and how, uh, you know, in terms of the grieving process and how different things would land with me for the rest of that, you know, for for years after that. But that was one of the first, I can remember that moment, him saying that speaking to her as he goes on and how it hit me then and how it hit me last night. I mean, it, decimated me I'm sure it did then I can remember it did then but I it took me by surprise last night all of a sudden I was like I was I was back there I was back in 1990 Mm. and I was it was like I was hearing it for the first time and I remembered I think I had the same visceral kind of emotional reaction that I had 30 years ago watching it and uh Mm. and it was it was very very it was very powerful but uh, my point being that that's that it's a slippery slope. It's something that can easily go off the rails and be too sickly sweet or sentimental, or it can just just ride that line to just being sincere and pure and true, or feeling sincere and pure and true. And that's what this movie feels like and all those performances.
4: It's amazing, Molly. The love inside. Take it with you.
2: We got a caller. We got a caller. Hang on a minute. Okay. Wait, ding 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 ding. Wait a minute.
3: Eh, aw, aw. I was doing the sound effects. I love this,
2: that. The effects right. Love work. that. Yes. Hello. Welcome. You're on the opening weekend podcast with uh, Dan, Jason, and Fred. 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 Uh,
3: hello. Yes.
0: <coughs> <coughs>
3: it's Nina. Oh my god! Wait, what, Nina? Nina.
4: Fred, I miss you. I,
3: re- I miss you, Fred. My Jesus, Nina. God. Well, I don't. I don't. I don't want to say your last name for privacy issues, but the, the Nina. This. Is, are you okay? You don't. You not, don't. Not sound the Pinta
1: proud. or the Santa Maria.
3: <laughs> I dated them afterwards. How dare you? Sorry. Dare I'm you? sorry. I listen. You I was... broke up with me. You broke up with me as a free man. To try to get you to come back to me. To try to prove, get you to prove your love to me. Did you become a smoker after we broke yes. up?
1: Very heavily. This is exactly what those those shadow ghosts. <laughs> ghosts That's what sound I was thinking. Like. Oh my God. You're not dead. Are you, you're you? not you're a not, demon, are you? you not a demon. <laughs> She hung up.
2: I think that was a demon. Oh, my God. I think
3: I mean, Nina's a demon now. That was Fred. terrifying. She's coming. She's haunting me.
2: Or like a really heavy
3: smoker. But I, either way. Either way. Terrifying. Really scary. My God. You know what? Makes me think I, we, we did the right thing. How did you? <laughs> we did the right thing.
1: Bra- breaking up? Yeah, yeah. Because, ugh,
3: have you ever kissed a smoker?
1: Disgusting. That's gross.
3: Have you ever kissed a demon? Even
1: worse. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, it, it has its moments.
2: <laughs> How did she get this number, by the way? That's what I want to know. How do these oh, people she's a get demon. this number? We don't I don't know. you have never anything.
1: announced it, and yet people are constantly calling Very to talk strange. about it. And always seem to know, the first couple of weeks, they seem to have the good sense to comment on things from the previous week. <laughs> right. Anything so, so that passed. one would be, would, yeah. would kind of understand how they got the information to work with. It's shocking that all, lately people are just seem to be tuned. I mean, I guess the government is always in. watching. I guess they're, they're Damn, listening you, in damn real you, Steve time.
2: Jobs. I mean, if they're a demon, then that that would make sense. They're, they sort of just live in the ether. Well, you dodged a bullet there, Frederick. Good boy.
3: I did. Wow. But look, we had good times, but we've moved on. I'm a happily married man with children. She's a smoke fiend demon, <laughs> and look, I hope you know we're both happy. We're both in different places in our lives, or unlives, in her case. Oh so, no!
2: God, I hope she's. I hope it she's. Doing sure well. well. Yeah. I hope she's. If she does mind. live in the underworld, let's just hope she has a coin for the fairy man. Let's just, <laughs> just hope. We're bringing back all the episodes tonight, baby. We are. This Every is, uh, single one. See, this is you why I got to listen to all of them. You wouldn't think
1: we the greatest hits yet. But
2: <laughs> <laughs> that has to be episode 10. Greatest moments. The
1: greatest hits. The greatest moments. The, the, the greatest moments. Greatest moments, moments from the last 10 weeks.
3: <laughs> for our 11 listeners. Uh,
2: one week per listener. One moment <laughs> per listener. Be great.
3: That's it. We should have everyone, all of our listeners, write in their favorite moments for the 10th episode, and then we'll somehow bring them
2: up in a funny and pithy way. We'll spend a year editing them together. It'll be great.
1: (laughs) Watch what the fist is doing. How many Sheilas would you give to Ghost on a, this is, it's an obsession rating, how much you, how passionately you feel.
3: Uh, From what, what, uh, from one to five Sheilas? Or one to 10 Sheilas? Yeah, I think, you wanna do five? Or where, what do you tell me? You tell me.
1: Yeah, on a scale, well, there's more nuance if we go with 10. If we go on a scale okay. of one, you can really get into the nitty and the gritty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think we what should- What you sh- got to do with Sheila.
3: Sheila <laughs> you got to get right into the nitty gritty.
1: Yeah. Yeah. How many Sheilas do we, uh, do we give we we I give it eight
3: and a half Sheilas. I, I was going to mm-hmm. say the same. I was going to say eight. I didn't know we could do halves, but I'm going to go with eight and a half I Sheilas. I think
1: you give half a Sheila. It's like- uh,
3: <laughs> If you're lucky, as easy. you get
1: half a sheil- it's, it's as easy <laughs> as splitting a cardamom pancake. Yeah. Um,
2: <laughs> yeah, you get, that's how you do the halves you give it eight sheilas plus eight one sheilas
1: one, plus half a, uh, uh, half a pancake um this is getting it's getting <laughs> tricksy a um nine nine sheilas nine sheilas, <gasps> nine sheilas. that is high right that's high
0: what it works it so damn be? well no
3: you know what it does. You know what I think you're, you're convincing me. I think I'm going to pull my Sheila up to nine too. I'm going to add one. I'm wow. going to add yeah. Sheila. Going to add a Sheila. Just,
1: just move, shove a cardamom pancake off the plate and bring in a whole, yeah, a whole it's Sheila. A, it's,
2: it's, it's a great movie. Now, all right, now how many how many do you give? Quick change. <laughs> five. Five No, we're on the maybe. Sheila scale all the way. I give Quick Change seven baby ball grabs. I give it seven of those.
1: <laughs> that's that's. Half the number of ball grabs the baby actually gave to Joe Montana. <laughs> that you call a family movie. Um, well, fantastic. Next week, we're going to be returning um, with a trip back to 1988 and the original Die Hard starring Bruce Willis and uh, A Fish Called Wanda. I loved that movie when it came out, but I have not seen it. Probably since maybe I saw it on home video shortly after it was in the theaters, but I haven't seen it for many many years uh, that stars Kevin Kline, John Cleese, Michael Palin, Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, we'll be looking at those two movies next week. And then two weeks from now, we're doing a deep dive into 1980s Caddyshack
0: uh,
1: with our special guest, Peter Burkrott, who played Angie in that film. Um, so we're very excited and looking forward to
2: those episodes. And now, Dan, do you have anything? I'm thinking it's got to be Unchained Melody. It's got to be Unchained, it's gotta Unchained, be Melody. Unchained Melody. It's got to it go be Unchained Melody, and it would be stupid if you did anything else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although um, I can say, the music in quick change, also very good. Yeah, that was good music. Very You're iconic, right. You're kind right of. About that. You're right about that. Um, find us on iTunes, Spotify, and all the other various ways you get your podcasts. G- give us five stars and a rating. And subscribe. That's something That's the we wanted to say. Please yes, subscribe to the podcast. It tell doesn't you- cost you anything. It's free. It's a great way to support us. And uh, um, also tell your family and your friends to subscribe. Tell everyone you know in your life to subscribe, even if they hate movies and hate us and hate Fred.
1: Tell tell your exes who've turned into horrible horrible smokers.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Tell anyone you know who's in jail. We love you, Sheila. Free Sheila. Free Sheila. Hashtag free Sheila. Hashtag free Sheila. Sheila.
1: Freela. Freela.
2: (laughs) Freela. (laughs) Hashtag Freela. (laughs) Wasn't she uh, He-Man's sister? Oh, no, that was Teela. (laughs) All right, here we go. This is a tough ballads are difficult in uh, the world of manualism. Here we go.
1: inside
0: it stays with you it's beautiful molly i'm going to the light bye-bye now oh
2: that was gorgeous and one single tear
3: rolls down my cheek
2: that was beautiful and horrifying. I don't think time. I hit one accurate note.
1: <laughs> don't worry about that. Don't, never you mind about that.
2: Does it matter? It was very it was moving.
0: Beautiful.
1: I don't know. It was great. It's Didn't you providing? hear it? Patrick Swayze had a whole beautiful scene set in front of it. You could,
2: That's why I was crying. Yeah. We're Fred's all crying, crying now. We're all crying now. We're, we're all crying. crying. It was yeah. beautiful.
1: Just go away, everybody. We'll see We'll see you next week. <laughs>
2: The opening weekend podcast is produced by Jason O'Connell,
1: Fred Berman, and Dan Matissa with help from Ethan Duff. Thank you for
3: listening.